0: Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Crossgate Church in Hot Springs, Arkansas. We invite you to visit us at crossgate.org. It is our hope that you will hear from God and draw closer to Him through this service.
1: So, church, as we begin our time together, I just simply want to take a moment to celebrate a couple things that God has been doing in our midst over the last week. Uh, last Sunday, of course, we had our Global Mission Sunday, and I'm so grateful uh, for your participation already to support some of the things that we mentioned last week. Uh, I talked to Vivian Nicholson out in, the, out in the mall area right before the second service, before we stepped in here, and she said that uh, we've raised $3,000 toward uh, Village of Hope by selling those items that the ladies in Uganda made. So church, thank you for engaging in that, as well as agreeing to support five children at Village of Hope. Very grateful for the generosity that uh, that you guys have shown already in supporting some of these global needs to love our world well. Locally, uh, this past Monday night, we had the, the uh, Hot Springs Christmas Parade. With tens of thousands of people downtown, wonderful turnout, beautiful weather. And I want to congratulate and just give a shout out to Danielle Rima, our children's ministry director at Crossgate, who led uh, the float that we had in the parade, which to my knowledge, we are still the only church represented, certainly to that degree, at the the, uh, Hot Springs Christmas parade. We had 30 children on the float, and we had 30 adults volunteering to help out as well. Here's the coolest thing we passed out to the people in the crowd we passed out over 1600 little candy canes and invite cards to our christmas eve service across the entire city so huge effort from our folks and and when you see danielle please let her know and her husband michael how much you appreciate them and all they're doing in ministering to our children but also to our entire community as we partnered with them at the christmas parade the last couple of years now Uh, This upcoming Sunday, we will have a couple of things taking place. Uh, First of all, we're concluding our Life Plus initiative that we started in September. Life Plus, of course, is this super easy idea where you go and do something fun that you normally would do, and then you invite someone to to come with you who doesn't go to church anywhere. And, uh, and then you basically just connect and build bridges with those people. You're not inviting them to have a Bible study per se or preach at them necessarily, but you're just building bridges. And uh, once you've done that, as many of you know, you take one of those little footballs out in the mall area, write your name as well as a brief description of your event, put it in the cooler. Next Sunday, Pastor Keith is going to have a drawing and a couple people who have, who have participated in life plus over the last few months are going to win that cooler and those lawn chairs those party chairs out there so you will definitely if you have not done a life plus it's not too late you can do one between now and next sunday i would encourage you to do that it's a great opportunity to connect with people in our community also next sunday is baptism sunday And we have Baptism Sunday coming up, December 17th. Great opportunity. If you've never followed the Lord and believers, baptism, and made your public profession of faith in Jesus, that's an awesome opportunity to do that. Please reach out to me. Pastor Rob, you can call us at the church office or simply come into our Next Steps area after this service. And church, again, as we get into the Christmas season, can't you believe it, two weeks from today we will be worshiping Jesus on Christmas Eve. But the fact is there's many opportunities for us to love our community well between now and then. Pastor Rob has already mentioned some. With Hoodies for the Homeless, we're adopting families from Cutter School. uh, The Global Missions Offering for the Ricketts. Now just keep this in mind, church, okay? The idea is not that we're asking you to participate and go all in on all of these, okay? Pastor Rob was telling me about a conversation he had with a a guy earlier this week. He said, man, I don't know if I can afford to go to Crossgate Church in the Christmas season with all these things we have going on. Well, just tongue-in-cheek, yes, we want to love our community well, but we're not asking you to go all in on all of these. We're asking you to pray, to simply pray, seek the Lord's will on how he would have you be generous at this time of year, and then just do that okay so my family and i are continuing to pray about that and i pray that you and your family are doing the same now today we're going to be hearing from our elders Uh, we are an elder-led church crossgate church is an elder-led church and we're going to talk about what that means we're going to take a few minutes to simply ask the question what does the bible say about church leadership and, and and the role of elders and so forth and then we're going to ask this question what do the elders see Okay, and the reason we're going to ask that is because once a year the elders and I have a one day retreat. We, we normally do that in October, November time frame and we just get away off campus and we pray and we seek the Lord and ask God, hey God, what do you want us to emphasize in the, in the year ahead? And we had our retreat. In uh, last month in in November. And so we're going to have the elders join me on the platform later on in the service. And they're just simply going to share some things of what they're seeing, both in terms of what we should be celebrating and what God is doing at Crossgate Church, but also what are the areas that need a little more attention from the leadership and from the people? So first of all, let's do this. Let's ask the question, what does the Bible say Because that is, of course, the most important question of them all. I hope you have a handout there you can follow along with, or you're using the digital handout either way, just simply to follow along with the message. First of all, it's important to note, again, in our church we have people coming from all different church backgrounds, so I don't want to assume anything about what you know or you may not know or you've experienced or have not experienced about church leadership. But one thing we certainly know in the Bible is that every single New Testament church had a plurality of elders, meaning there were several appointed elders who were providing the ultimate leadership of that church, and they were responsible for everything that happened or failed to happen at that church. It wasn't as though there was just one head dude, some top banana, in each church, and he was calling all the shots, and everyone else just had to fall in line with what that one guy wanted. Okay, so let me give you some scripture. First of all, Acts chapter 14 Verse 23, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every church and with prayer and fasting they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Titus 1, five: I left you, this is Paul the apostle talking to Titus, I left you on the island of Crete so that you could complete our work there and appoint elders in each town as I instructed you. Again, the model in the New Testament was a local church would have a plurality of elders. That's what we see in the Bible. But that said, let's talk about some very specific things the Bible says about what elders are supposed to do and and how they're supposed to function. And this is where the fill in the blank comes into play. Okay, first of which, elders are charged to guard the unity in the theology of the church. To guard the unity in the theology of the church. Acts chapter 20. Let's put that on the screen. Listen to this. Now from Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, And from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert. And so that's one of the most important things that elders do at a church to guard the unity and the theology of the church. Because if the unity of our church is fractured or unhealthy, or the theological teachings, the doctrine, the main points that we believe, of course, we just did a whole teaching series on what we believe and and, and what are the fundamentals of what we believe at Crossgate Church. If anything w- was seeking to subvert those things, the elders would be on top of it quickly. That's, the, that's one of the charges that God has given us as elders. Now, here's another thing, okay? The second thing is this, that elders are, are intended to prayerfully seek and set strategic direction for the local church. Acts 15. By the way, a little backstory on Acts 15. This was one of the most important decision points in the entire story of the early church. As, as you know, uh, the earliest Christians who came to faith in Jesus within the few months of Jesus' ascension back to heaven were all Jewish people, they, they were all Jews. But sooner rather than later, the gospel message went to the Gentiles as well people who were not Jewish. And in the ancient world, these Gentiles were coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Well, the question was, do these Gentiles also have to adopt all of the things that the Jews did, circumcision, for the males and, and and all the food laws and all the different rules and things that, that were required of Jewish people in those days. And of course, what happened is it caused some problems because some teachers were going out saying, yes, if you're a Gentile and you've been saved, you still have to be circumcised. You still have to follow all these other rules and regulations and all the rest, just like in the what we would call the Old Testament. So they took the question ultimately to the elders and the apostles, and this is how it went down. Listen to this. This is what the elders and the apostles said in response to this issue. And it was a strategic issue, trust me. The apostles and elders sent this letter. This letter is from the apostles and elders, your brothers in Jerusalem. It is written to the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia. Greetings! We understand that some men from here have troubled you and upset you with their teaching, but we did not send them. So we decided, having come to complete agreement to send you official representatives along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no greater burden on you than these few requirements. You must abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. If you do this, you will do well. Farewell. So they, they set strategic direction for the church. That was a huge decision point. Basically, the elders, the apostles and the elders said, no, you don't have to adopt all of these rules and regulations. You're free to live your lives, but here are some things that you need to think about. And that's an important thing for us as elders at Crossgate Church as well. You know, from the time that I came as pastor four years ago, the first almost whole year that I was here, myself and the elders in concert with the pastors were developing a lot of the things that have now become basic cultural issues at crossgate church for example more and better disciples we we labored together in developing that and how god would have us direct our church our seven priorities that came out of prayer and seeking the lord and working together and collaborating on that setting strategic direction what's your next step our discipleship pathway and and so forth and so on more recently the elders and I labored for several months in prayer and, and doctrine and, and, and studying the Scripture to develop our statement that we released uh, earlier th- this year on marriage, divorce, and remarriage. Right, That was a very strategic, uh, big-picture decision point for our church, and so that's what God has called us to do as elders. Now, here's the next thing. God has also told elders that they need to equip and empower teams. All right, let me tell you what I mean by that. See, because there's this many elders at Crossgate Church, and there's this many people at Crossgate. And there's no way that the elders can do everything. And so God has called us to equip and empower teams. Look at Acts chapter 6. This is a specific story of where the first deacons came into being. Acts 6, as the believers rapidly multiplied, there were rumblings of discontent. The Greek speaking believers complained about the Hebrew speaking believers, saying that their widows were being discriminated against in the daily distribution of food. So the apostles called a meeting of all the believers, and they said, We apostles should spend our time teaching the Word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well respected and are full of the Spirit and wisdom, and we will give them this responsibility. Everyone liked this idea. And they chose seven men and presented them to the apostles and prayed for them and laid their hands on them. So we've got a number of ministry teams at Crossgate Church, but I would certainly highlight the key ministry teams. Again, the elders are charged to equip and empower teams. Those teams would be our pastors and staff, our deacons, and our trustees. Our pastors and staff, our deacons, and our trustees. And and what we do as elders is we set the strategic direction, and we just step back and let the teams go about what God has called them to do. We provide continued oversight, of course. And yes, we are ultimately responsible for everything that, that happens or fails to happen at Crossgate. But I am so blessed to serve with the men and the women who are on these teams, of our pastors and staff, our deacons, and our trustees. That's one of the jobs that elders have, is to equip and empower teams. Here's something else. Elders are also called to care for the people. Again, let's look at the Scripture. Elders are called to care for the people. I exhort the elders among you. So again, Peter, an apostle, is speaking directly to the elders. As a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd... and and the word translated shepherd is also sometimes translated pastor, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Again, there's this many elders and there's this many people. And so really what we have is a team of teams approach at Crossgate Church where, where the elders are in partnership with many other teams and providing that care to the people. But here's another thing. Elders are called to set the example. Verse 3 of 1 Peter 5, Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. Of course, anyone who's ever been in a leadership position in any organization knows that you lead by example. That's how you lead. You can't lead by any other means. Otherwise, you're just a hypocrite. And no one's going to follow you anyway. So elders, of course, as, as one might think, God expects elders to maintain a high standard of godliness, of faithfulness, of morality, and ethics. That's why the requirements listed in the Bible very clearly place a high standard and raise a high bar for elders. Titus chapter 1, which immediately follows after Paul's command to appoint elders, He says, an elder must be blameless. Doesn't mean perfect, but blameless, keeping short accounts with God uh, regarding his sin and his life. Faithful to his wife, a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. Rather, he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught. There's that theological integrity there so that he must he can encourage others by sound doctrine and rebuke those who oppose it. Again, we guard the doctrine, we guard the theology and we rebu- rebuke those who would teach otherwise. Okay? Some things to think about as as elders are charged with this Very serious matter of setting a good example. And here's the last thing. Elders are charged to admonish toward faithfulness. Elders are charged to admonish toward faithfulness. 1 Thessalonians 5, we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Admonish is simply another word for correct and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So one of the things that elders are charged with doing is coming alongside people who have drifted. And and from time to time in the lives of Christian people, there occurs drift. Drift in faithfulness, in consistency, in godliness, in morality, however it might happen. And elders are charged with coming alongside those brothers and sisters and admonishing them in a gentle but very direct way and saying, you know, here's something I'm seeing in your life. Here's what the Bible says. And you've drifted, brother. You've drifted, sister. We want to encourage you and admonish you to step back closer to faithfulness to the Lord. Now, those are some things that elders do. Those are some of the roles that elders have straight from the Scripture. But you say, Pastor, okay— Those are are some of the things that elders do, but how do people become elders anyway? I mean, how how do men become elders at Crossgate Church? Well, that's a very interesting question and and it has a very specific answer. So at Crossgate Church, uh, elders become elders first and foremost through nominations from the congregation. And from time to time, as the need is, is present, we take nominations for elders from anyone who is an active member of Crossgate Church. Once those nominations are collected, we, we perform an initial vetting on those elder nominations. Uh, that, that is a multifaceted vetting that takes place a couple, over the course of a couple weeks, both through our business office as well as sitting down with the uh, nominee himself as well as his wife to even see if they're interested in serving, would even consider serving as an elder. There's multiple things that take place during that initial vetting. Once that initial vetting is complete, myself and the elders sit down we pray over that list and we start at the top and we begin to select candidates one to two normally over the course of this process who would join alongside with us in a 12-month vetting process okay 12-month vetting process uh, basically one or two candidates would, be, would, would join us provisionally as elders. They would not have that congregational affirmation yet, so they would not be elders. But we want them to come alongside of us and walk alongside of us for 12 months, both so we can observe this brother and his wife, but also so they can observe us. Because we don't want anybody stepping into this role as an elder lightly. We want a candidate to know exactly what he's getting himself into. And that only takes place over time. Now, over the course of that 12 months, if the elders or the candidate at any time feels like, hey, this is not God's will at this time, the time is not right, then we simply just end it there, right? But for anyone who, who comes to the end of that 12-month vetting process, and we have this, this unity, as, as it says in Acts chapter 14 or Acts chapter 15, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit, then we will take one or two of those candidates and present them back to you for congregational affirmation. That's exactly how it works. And I personally love transparency. There's no backdoor, you know, whatever's. I mean, this is, we we lay it all out and let you know exactly what's going on uh, in, in in this process. Now, the reason I bring that up is because early next year, sometime early next year, we will enter into another process where we will take nominations from the congregation for, for elder. The reason being is because after a, a significant season of prayer and consultation with the Lord, uh, one of our elders and, and one of the godliest men I have ever met in my entire life, Dave White, feels like it's time to step away from from serving as an active elder. He's not stepping away from the church. He's not stepping away from from the wonderful other ministries that he and his wife Linda are a part of at our church, but just feels like this is the time to step away and he's faithfully served in that role for well over a decade. We'll take some time in January to recognize Dave and Linda and thank Dave especially so much for his godly leadership, but but today I simply want you church to know that that's something we're we're looking at, okay? So because Dave is stepping away, we will have another nominations process, and, and we'll be talking more about that uh, in, 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 into the next year. But I just wanted you to know today where we are at with that. Now, the first question we asked this morning was this, what does the Bible say? And now we're going to ask a second question, and that is this, what do the elders see? So I'm going to ask our elders to join me on the platform because I want to hear from them. You know, you hear from me pretty much every week. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I hope it's not a bad thing. But the fact is, I want you to hear from our elders. I want you to hear from the other brothers on our elder team in terms of what they're seeing going on in our church, both in terms of what we can celebrate and what are some areas where we need to bring a little more attention uh, to what's taking place at our church. So as I shared with you, our elders, uh, we we have a a one-day retreat once a year. We had that last month. And, And that's when we talked about some of these specific things that these brothers are going to share with you uh, this morning. Of course, we've got Terry Thompson and Mark Kramer on the couch in the front, and we've got Les Curry and Gardner Lance and Mark Park on the row uh, behind them. So we're going to start with Terry. And, you know, one of the things you said at our retreat, Terry, warmed my heart when you said you don't think you've ever seen Crossgate and even going back to Second Baptist Church as unified as we are right now in the last 30 years. Tell us about that.
2: Well, thank you, Pastor. Uh, <clears throat> many of you know I uh, joined Second Baptist Church in 1993. Then we became Crossgate and moved uh, our location in 2004. So over a period of 30 years as a member of this church, I've seen a lot of peaks and valleys. I've seen some disunity during some periods of that time. I think God led us about 13 years ago to, uh, to develop a a new kind, a different kind of uh, church leadership model uh, patterned after the New Testament, more than we were doing. We uh, overwhelmingly approved as a church a church charter and that charter included uh, concept of plural leadership or elders. The pastor is an elder, the rest of us were an elders and uh, the church voted on the elders. Since that time, uh, as pastor said, I, um, I have never seen us any more unified than we are today. And I give all the glory to God for that. When there's the slightest hint of, um, of disunity or, or just a, uh, a concern among our members, I see them now coming to our leadership, coming to an appropriate leader, sharing that concern, uh, praying with that leader. Then the leader can take that, if necessary, to their team and uh, pray over it and discuss it, and it's all uh, resolved. That is the way a church is supposed to be run. That's the way that we're taught in the New Testament. That's the way Jesus taught us to resolve conflict in Matthew 18. It's the way Paul taught the church to operate in uh, his letters to the various churches. So I am, I am so pleased to be a part of a church now that has elders and that is unified to the extent that we are. And I just give God all the glory for that, as I said, for leading us in that direction. Um, I credit our pastor and, uh, to a great degree in uh, following God's will, the voice of the Holy Spirit, in leading the other leaders of our church and leading the entire church. In that direction. I would just um, on behalf of everyone on the stage here uh, encourage you to p- continue to pray. Don't take this for granted. Continue to pray that we remain a unified church of one body of one mind that we can carry out to the best of our abilities and as God desires the ministries and the outreach of our church.
1: Amen. I really appreciate you sharing that, Terry, and it it means a lot to me coming from you to share those things with our congregation. So, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. So, church, one of the things that I've shared with you over the last couple years, especially over the last year that I think is, is totally true about our church, is that I think God is really doing some big things in our church to make better disciples, right? We make more and better disciples for Jesus. That's our simple purpose statement. And to make better disciples means basically to take people, places spiritually where they've never been before. And I, I see this happening in the lives of a lot of people at our church over the last year, over the last 12 months. I see a lot of you in different ways going places spiritually that you have never been before. Maybe you've been a Christian for 30 or 40 years and you're saying, I've never experienced this. I've never read my Bible so consistently, or whatever it might be. I've just I've seen a lot of that, and so I, we have seen a lot of that. Let me say, but I've asked Gardner and Mark Park to share just a little bit from their own unique perspectives about how they're seeing this in our church. Gardner,
0: yeah. So, growing deeper, um, we know that growing deeper in your faith is really preceded and a part of a couple things. One of those, and we did a series on it, is prayer, right? We're going to be going deeper as a result of prayer. The other one is being in the Word, okay? Being in Scripture on a a frequent, like a daily basis is incredibly important to our spiritual growth. There's another component, though, too, and that component is community, right? Um, Just like God is Father, Son, and Spirit in His perfect community, we're made in his image and likeness, right? And so we were designed in his image and likeness, although we are imperfect community, um, we are designed to be um, as humans in, in community. Um, so I, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, where at Crossgate we um, encourage each other, where do we live that community? And one of the, the big places is life groups, right? So, who here has heard of life groups? Okay, if you're not raising your hand, you've been under a rock for a while. Uh, either that or you're brand new. Um, so, so I, I want to encourage everybody to get involved in a life group. Something else that, that we've done and done well um, is D groups. D stands for discipleship, okay? Uh, a discipleship group is... Um, Different from a life group in that it's gender specific and it's smaller, and it's kind of taking that next step to go even deeper than a life group. So, I would really encourage um, you know anybody if you, if you raised your hand a minute ago, which everybody should have, to to a make sure that you're getting involved and in investing in that life group, but also get involved in in a D group.
3: Couple places I've seen God work this year is uh, first in the Prayer Partner Network, and and we've seen people stretched and in their are uh, being disciples and praying in public. Uh, you know, sometimes people uh, are have some fear in that, and we've seen people whether it be in a small group in the back or come out here on the stage that to uh, go deeper in in public prayer. And uh, secondly, I've seen God really work in regeneration this year. Um, We uh, started Regeneration with a pilot group in January of 2021, and since that time, we've seen over 100 people uh, from Crossgate and and some other churches uh, complete this uh, curriculum. And a couple things this year that uh, really hallelujah moments was we saw a a person who had a 60-year addiction uh, be relieved of that by going through the Regeneration curriculum. We saw uh, people who come to support their spouses or a friend and end up God did a really miraculous work in their life uh, to uh, to take them deeper in where God wanted them to be uh, we uh, we see the small groups in this uh, uh, curriculum form deep relationships that help in in taking people deeper where they uh, need to be and and just release us from the sin and guilt we have uh, from from uh, uh, from not being as close to God as we need to be.
1: Great words, guys. And again, keep in mind they're hitting a couple of key things: regeneration, prayer partner network, D groups, life groups. But there's so many other things taking place as well at Crossgate. Whether it's uh, the reengage marriage initiative on Wednesday nights, or any number of areas of ministry where people are going deeper. And so, please continue to pray, church, and and always ask yourself this question. Never be afraid to ask yourself the question we ask every Sunday what's my next step right because everybody has a next step to take if, if if we don't have any more steps to take then it, or at least we don't think we have any more steps to take then that's when we're going to stop growing that's when we're going to stagnate so there's a lot of things to celebrate at the same time one of the things we talked and prayed about at our retreat were some of the areas and areas of, of concern in in, uh, in our church that need a little more attention uh, from us as leaders and also from our congregation as well. And one of those things that we prayed about and talked about was this issue of debt reduction. Uh, we have a beautiful campus, wonderful, purposeful campus that God gave us several years ago. And even over the last couple of years, we have repurposed some, some places on our campus that had kind of gone dormant over the years. And they're being maximized for ministry, whether it's our loft area that's been used by so many different ministries. Uh, Pastor Josh is doing an awesome job at the Hangout using the gym, the upstairs uh, worship area for our students. That the, the Wednesday night attendance is continuing to grow there. And so we're, we're maximizing the use of space but we're still carrying some debt that we need to address. And of course we do through our through our budget every year. We're, we're making our mortgage payments through the budget. That's not a, the issue. But the issue is per, uh, potentially more aggressively addressing some of this principle so that we can pay down this debt and free up some uh, some resources for, for additional ministry. So I've asked Les Curry to, to address that and just talk a little bit about what he's seeing from his vantage point.
4: You know, debt is an interesting topic, and... Uh whether it relates to personal finances or church finances, um, I've really enjoyed speaking about it over the years. Um, Today, Crossgate has a very manageable debt of about $4 million, uh, much lower than years past. Nevertheless, that debt is still impacting our ministries. You know, debt is always a, a difficult thing to manage as specifically, it takes funds away from our ministry. And balancing debt and ministry is critical in good stewardship. So, speaking of good stewardship, I would like just to take a minute. You know, we've had many qualified men and women throughout the years serve as our trustees. And the trustees has managed our debt and our ministry needs very well. So, I would like to extend our appreciation to all those who have served on the trustees and by giving them a big round of applause. Join me. In closing, I would just like to say that there are still needs at Crossgate Church that go unfunded every year because of our debt liability. Each year, we allocate about $290,000 of budget funds to mortgage payments. That said, the elders are dealing with two important questions this year. Number one, what would our church look like if we were debt-free? And secondly, what would our church ministry look like if we had another $290,000 that we could allocate to our ministry? You know, there's no question that debt reduction would benefit our church ministries. Uh, I personally believe that debt is keeping Crossgate from being all that God wants us to be. So, over the next few months, we would just ask that you would be in prayer with the elders um, as we see God's guidance and wisdom in dealing with these matters. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Les. I very much appreciate that and, and your faithfulness in, in praying and addressing that over the years as well. So the other thing that we talked about at our retreat where we really believe that uh, it it, need, it needs some, some greater attention from us as leaders as well as from our congregation is the other half of our purpose statement. We make more and better disciples. Well, the better disciples, we've talked about that. But to make more disciples, to see more people coming to faith in Jesus and, and, and making more followers of Jesus Christ, that, that's an area that needs some additional attention. And, and Mark Kramer and I have talked about that in the past. And so, Mark, why don't you address that for a moment?
5: Yeah. So as I was thinking about uh, the question and the topic of more disciples in the season that we're in, um, just look at the first Christmas and kind of what the directive of that, that was and what the directive still is today. You know, the first Christmas was come and see, and the directive after that is go and tell. And you see God go to great lengths uh, to the point of organizing a government to create a census to get Mary and Joseph where they needed to be and orchestrate the stars in the heavens to do something that, as far as we know, has never been done and probably won't be done since all to get some kings to a place where they could worship Jesus. So the point is, is, it's a pretty high priority for God. Last thing that Jesus said was, go and make disciples. So again, high priority. It's high priority for a church. The question is, how are we doing at obeying that commandment or making that a priority at Crossgate? And we look at the results, um, you know, honestly, we have to say, we're not doing as good as we would like to be or as we should be. The results are this. Over, you know, the last year or two, our growth has been flat. And when you look at how many baptisms we've had since Easter, we've had four. Now, church our size, we should have some growth, and we should have more baptisms than that. Um, but we don't. Um, and uh, so the question is, is how do we fix that? Or what's the problem? And as I began to think about that, um, again, like we do all the time, look at the Bible. What does the Bible say? Because it really doesn't matter what Mark says. Uh, I look at what Jesus says. When we have a problem with obedience, it goes back to John uh, uh, 14, 15. Sorry. He says, if you love me, you'll obey me. Um, Anytime there's an obedience issue, the core issue is a love issue. Um, When we love Jesus, we talk about Jesus. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. When we treasure Jesus, we do things to promote Jesus. Um, And so I think collectively as a church, we've got to get better at, seeing and savoring and treasuring Jesus. As elders, as pastors, we've got to ask ourselves, how well are we doing at helping people see and savor Jesus? Um, But it's not just a leadership issue. Every individual has to ask that same question. How am I doing at seeing and savoring and treasuring Jesus? And, uh, you know, as I close, there's kind of five things that I looked at um, that I try to do personally, and I think that we can all do to help to see and treasure Christ more. Number one is we've got to ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2.11 that we can't understand or know the mind of God apart from His Spirit. So this idea of seeing and treasuring Christ isn't something that we just will powerfully, self-disciplinely do. We've got to have the Holy Spirit of God that helps us do it. In addition to praying that we be filled with the Spirit, we've got to pray and ask God to help us fulfill our desire to love and and treasure Jesus and do the things that we need to do to do that. Because Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's not something that we just decide to do on a New Year's resolution and think that it's going to happen. We've got to ask for help. Uh, Third thing is, as Gardner and Mark already mentioned, be in the scriptures. Okay, we've got to read the word. Ephesians 3, 4 says, that when we read the things that Paul have written, we can understand the mystery of Christ. Um, it's through reading the scriptures, and not just every once in a while, but daily. Um, listening to Bible-saturated preaching, podcasts. Um, there's a super practical thing uh, that you can do if you need help with Bible study. DesiringGod.org. Go to that website, click look at the book, and you'll have a pastor that can help you walk through three or four verses every single day. It takes about 12 to 15 minutes. If you struggle getting in the scriptures and understanding it, go there. DesiringGod.org, look at the book, great resource for doing that. Um, fourth thing is just being biblical community like Gardner talked about. That's where we get encouraged and are held accountable to love Jesus more and to do what he's commanded us to do. And then last thing, again, as I look in my own personal life and at scriptures, things that we can do to treasure Christ more, spend time in creation. Um, God created the heavens and the earth to show that he exists and to draw people to himself. Um, that's basically what Romans 1:20 says. And um, I personally um, enjoy spending time doing that. And when I do it thoughtfully, trying to connect creation with God and his scriptures, it's incredibly impactful. And so that's another, you know, real practical thing that you can do to help see and savor Christ more.
1: I love it, Mark. I, I could not have said what you said better myself. I very much appreciate your challenge to all of us, beginning with myself and, and everyone in our church. And church, we certainly will be talking more about this in the days ahead. Uh, next month, we're going to do a teaching series that talks more about what it what it looks like to make more disciples. Uh, but trust me when I say that is not simply a, a sermon series or even an introduction to some program. Uh, I am praying that God would develop a deeper culture of making more disciples, uh, just as he's cr- already created a culture of making better disciples at Crossgate Church. So you pray for me as we prepare that 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 series of messages uh, to talk about that. But I will tell you this, and I think all these brothers in different ways have mentioned this uh, this morning, none of what we're talking about happens in a healthy way without prayer. Uh, we simply cannot uh, see what God wants to accomplish in our church unless we are a praying church.
0: We invite you to join us in person at our campus located at 3100 East Grand Avenue in Hot Springs, Arkansas. If we can pray for you, send us an email at prayer@crossgate.org. Thanks again for listening to our audio podcast.